This is Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. I'm Christy. I'm Beth. And And we're we're sisters. sisters. We're also mothers, writers, entrepreneurs, and purpose-driven inspiration junkies. You know what we're not? Perfect. If you're okay with that, this podcast is for you. We share real-life experiences and the lessons we continue to learn with the hope that it will encourage you to live your most authentic life of purpose. Let's do this, Christy. Today, we are continuing our mindset series, and we're going to be talking about mindset in relationships. And more specifically, your mindset in your relationship with your significant other. Yeah, that's really what we're focusing on today. Yeah, that tends to be the person closest to you that you spend the most time with, mm-hmm. and it's a very important relationship. Well, at least it should be. Right. And sometimes that's the one, unfortunately, that falls way down the priority list because we will put a lot of, a lot of things above that, I feel like. That's true. Without being aware that, hey, this should be way up here on the priority list. Yeah, really, it should be at the top of your priority list because everything else trickles down from that. Mm-hmm. That relationship that you have with your significant other should be strong and powerful and loving and peaceful because that is your support system that sends you out into the world and affects your relationship with everybody else that you come in contact with. It does. And you can work on your own mindset like we've talked about, but... <laughs> It can really interfere with whatever you're working on as far as your mindset if you are not prioritizing that relationship and working on your mindset specifically within the relationship with your significant other. That's right. And, you know, it has to be something that goes both ways. It's really hard also if you're in a relationship and one person is trying and putting forth the effort and the other person is not because then you're unequal And it can make it difficult, but hopefully some of the things we say today and some of our experience with this, good and bad, Mm -hmm. will help shed a little bit of light on this subject. Yeah. And you were talking about one person being in one place and the other person not being in that place. And I think that happens off and on, you know, whether it's your mood, your mindset, whatever. Some days one person's going to be one way and one's going to be the other. But if you're open and communicate, I like something I heard Brene Brown say one time that she talks to her husband openly about, I only got 20% today, so you're going to have to have the 80%. Yeah. And it's okay to be that way. I think as long as you have that communication and you're, you're, you know, meet, if you can't meet halfway, then one person is, you know, saying, hey, I'm sorry, I only got 20% today. I just thought that was a neat little thing. I was like, oh yeah, if we were all just that open and said, sorry. I'm, I'm just not, I've got 20%, so you got to be the 80%. Well, yeah, and, and at that point, you're making your needs known, and true, the person true. knows where you are. And again, that's supposed to be your support system. You're supposed to be there to support one another. You know, you're playing on the same team. You're supposed to be going in the same direction and supporting each other. So it's important to have that line of communication open so that when you're not having a good day, because like you said, that happens to all of us. Sometimes, you know, we're having a great day and we're on top of our game and, you know, the next day we may be under the bus. So, yeah. And some days one person may be very aware of their mindset and they may just be killing it. And the other person is just not, but communicating about that is very important because if you are the person and say all week you're the 80 percenter yeah if you're not communicating about that then that the person that's you know being the 20 percent may get in that habit and just not realize that the 80 percenter can't be the 80 percent all the time you know yeah and then after a while that's going to take a toll on the 80 percenter and they're going to build up resentment they're going to feel hurt they're going to feel unsupported And that communication is key. And unfortunately, sometimes with a significant other in your life, that communication can be harder than it is with a lot of other people because you have such a heightened emotion because you love that person so Mm -hmm. much. And so the anger and everything can tend to be amplified when you're dealing with that person. And not only can the communication be harder because of that heightened emotion, 
sometimes there's one that's more of a communicator and one that's not, you know, or maybe you're both not really strong or outspoken communicators. And so I feel like that can play a huge role, obviously, in communication as well, because you're, you know, maybe that's not your strong suit or one of you, that's not your strong suit. That's true. You know, and this is where I think your priorities come in, staying positive. There's so many different things you can do to help with that communication. And it's not always easy, at least for a lot of people, to express their needs and their wants. Mm -hmm. You know, you just kind of expect that other person, especially if you've been together for a long time, you kind of expect them to know you and to know when to support you. And that's just not the case always. No, it's not. You have to verbalize things. A lot of times, too, I mean, a lot of times we know our other, the other person, like, oh, I know him, I know what's going to happen or whatever. (laughs) But you have to express that in the way that you feel because, you know, sometimes you'll say stuff, too, in that heightened emotion. And it's not, um, when you communicate in that heightened emotion, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is you don't um, always express yourself the correct way. Well, it can be very unproductive because then if you have, if you're like really angry and you're trying to talk to that person, then most of the time they're going to get angry back and it's going to turn into an argument instead of an actual communicative talk where you can come to an agreement or or resolve whatever it is that you're trying to actually talk about. Right. Because in heightened emotions, I'm sure we've all done this, I I express myself in a way that sometimes I don't even feel right because I'm letting hurt or anger or other things get in the way. And so if you can calm down and take a breath and say how you really feel without that, without the intrusion of all of those emotions, it's a much more productive, like you said, conversation. It is. And sometimes it's worth just walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's already gotten to a point where it is heightened or you're, or you're angry at a person or you're hurt. A lot of times it's better just to spend a little bit of time alone and think about it and get control of your emotions mm-hmm. and kind of come at it from a calm place and a peaceful place and a more logical place than from the emotional standpoint. You're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to help. You're obviously going to have some emotion involved that's all part of it. But if you can come at it from a place a little more logical and not quite such a heightened emotion, then you're going to be a lot more productive in your talk. Yes, very true. And sometimes you do have to have emotional conversations and it's just unavoidable. And sometimes those are good conversations, but I don't think every conversation that you have should be out of heightened emotion and definitely not the emotion of anger and hurt and things like that. Well, and also speaking of communication, to me, one of the most important things to be able to do and to practice is to be an active listener because you can say words all day long and you can try to get your point across to someone, but unless you take the time to be quiet and actually focus on what the other person is saying, then it's not going to be effective. You have to practice being um, and an active listener mm-hmm. so that you understand what the person is trying to portray to you try to understand that it's not an attack that it's you know they're trying to resolve a situation and listening is more important than the talking part true and I think that if you respond in a way to express to that person that you've been an active listener then it keeps that person from not listening to you. I feel like it causes them to be more of an active listener. If you listen, validate what they said, maybe ask questions about that. And if you're validating their their feelings and letting them know you listen, they're less likely to not listen to you. They're less likely to just be thinking about what they're going to say next because they're going to, sometimes people repeat themselves when they don't feel validated and heard. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in that situation where someone's saying the same thing to you over and over, maybe they're not just repeating for the sake of repeating. Maybe it's because they don't feel heard. They don't feel understood. They don't feel like you've been that active listener. Well, and it is hard when if someone is saying something to you or they're trying to communicate something to you and it feels hurtful 
or mm-hmm. it upsets you or makes you mad or you feel attacked. It's really hard to be a good listener when you feel that way. So for me, the only thing I can do if I ever feel like I'm in that situation is to first of all, just calm down, sort of step outside of myself and look at the person I'm communicating with. Obviously, that would be Steve since we're talking about um, significant others here, Mm -hmm. but just kind of step back and listen, just try to listen deeper and try to put all of that aside and say, okay, well, what is driving what is being said right now? Like what, where is this coming from? Let's, let's try to get the emotion out of it and just really listen to what's going on here. Yeah. And where like with Nevada and me, I am way more of a verbal person and communicate way more of a communicator than he is. And that's communication is probably where we struggle a lot because I am a very vocal person and he is not. We have to really put ourselves in the other one's shoes to say, okay, you know, she likes to talk. She likes to express stuff. That doesn't come as easy for me and I don't like to do that. So a lot of times what I have to do is, like you said, step back. I have to give him time and space. Like, I don't need a lot of time and space to communicate. Like, I'm like, if somebody asks me a question, I'm going to be like, well, this and this and this. Whereas I have to practice my patience and being an active listener and a patient listener because it may take him longer to express an idea or to verbalize what he's feeling than it does me. So I will, I, I have to do that a lot. Just say, okay. you know, don't say anything, just give him time to express how he feels, because it's going to be in a totally different way than I communicate. That's true. And I think one thing that's, that helps a lot in a situation, when you're really trying to communicate with someone is just trying to remain positive, you know, trying to keep a positive mind frame and not letting yourself spiral with the thoughts or with what's being said, really trying to stay positive and Focus on the outcome. What do you want the outcome of this conversation to be? Mm-hmm. If it's something that you're having an issue with, okay, what can we say? How can we communicate to each other how we both feel and what we both need so that the end result is something good? Trying to keep that positive mind frame. And it, it is a challenge because, like I said earlier, that that person, sometimes your significant other, it's, it's harder to communicate with them mm-hmm. because of the emotion and all of the feelings, but... Trying to keep that positive, positive vibe going helps a lot. It does. And obviously, communicating about the good things as well. That's a really good way to stay positive. Sometimes people don't communicate until something goes bad. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is really, that's not really healthy because you want to communicate and verbalize the good things and, and talk about the good things. So practicing that communication in the good times, just like the bad times, is way healthier because you're verbalizing and hearing each other speak good words, words of affirmation, you know, words yes. of encouragement, yes. celebrating each other. And I think that takes the edge off when you are forced to communicate in the hard times or the angry times or you're hearing that something from your partner that's maybe not so pleasant. That's true. That's true. Celebrate the good times. Celebrate the positive things in your life, your your family, your kids, you know, the good things that are going on. That's That should be at the top of your list because like you said, I think it helps when things are not going so great. It helps. It helps. It balances it helps it. It out. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, helps, you, it helps. And you mentioned kids, you know, you don't want your kids to always hear. Now, I don't think it's horrible for your kids to hear you argue like that's real life. I said to you before we started recording, I think it's about the resolve and your kids seeing you. Yeah, my parents have problems. They have struggles. They have disagreements, but they always res- resolve it and they come together. It's about them seeing the the positive outcome and and when you're verbalizing good, positive things, that's also sending those good words out into your home. So, you know, everyone that lives with you isn't like, well, we only hear communication when there's something bad happening. That's right. And your kids are watching you and you're teaching them how to be in a relationship when they get older. You know, you're teaching them, hey, I did see my parents argue, but they did find a resolve mm-hmm. and they ch- treated each other with respect. They didn't attack each other. You know, they had a disagreement, but they worked it out and they were better because of it. And that way, when they get older and they have their own relationships, they know what a healthy 
argument and what a healthy communication looks like. Yeah, you're not just arguing for the sake of arguing or communicating about the bad stuff just so you can communicate about it again the next day and the next day. That's right. And, you know, that resolve is so important to keep in mind, obviously not just for your kids, but why are we having this argument? Is this an argument that repeats itself? Sure, it's healthy to have arguments. That's just what's going to happen. But is this a habitual argument? Are we saying the same things and there's no resolve? Because that is a bigger issue and something that you definitely have to watch for because if you're not coming to a resolve then that's that can that can end up actually being detrimental if if you're you know that's how things end in relationships a lot of times because it's just unresolved issues or irreconcilable what do they say irreconcilable differences I was just you took the words out of my mouth yeah you know and how you react is a huge thing we know that's a huge thing and just in your life in general how you react to things that happen to you and how you react to people that says everything about you and not that person. Mm -hmm. So focusing, again, turning your focus back to yourself and your own emotions and actions and how you react to a situation. You know, if your partner comes to you and is not in a great mood or they do have something, you know, that they're angry about, how you react to that can either calm the situation and help you find a resolve or it can just throw gasoline on the fire so to speak and make it blow up and be even bigger so how you react is is so important and it's not always easy you know because that's you have to worry about yourself and you have to look at yourself Mm -hmm. and how you react well and you have to take responsibility Mm -hmm. that's the thing you you're never going to come to a resolve in an argument or when you're communicating about something difficult if neither of you take responsibility for your part in that. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a way of playing the victim is, is, oh, well, that's not my fault. And of course, it may be one person's fault more than the other at times. And that's fine. But take responsibility for, for your part. You're always going to have some part, whether it's not listening to that person. Mm-hmm. You know, that may be the smaller part. But take responsibility for your part, don't play the victim. Oh, I'm just the victim of you and everything that you do. Because that's definitely not going to take you to a place of resolve and peace and be healthy for either of your mindsets. Well, you know, I've always said when you take responsibility for yourself and your actions and your thoughts and your reactions, then you take the power back. Then you have control of yourself. Then you have control of your thoughts. You have control of the words coming out of your mouth. You're not just responding to somebody else. You're controlling yourself. And you take back the power when you take responsibility because then you can change whatever it is. You can become a better person. You can grow from it. You can learn from your mistakes. But if you don't ever take responsibility for anything, then it's out of your control. You You can't grow and you're never going to get past that. That's true. You know, Nevada says just... It, it can be a few simple words. For me, it is. Is I was talking about validation and a few simple words that he will say sometimes if we're in an argument or we're not communicating like we should. Sometimes he will say, I hear what you're saying. And just, and, and it might be one of those ones where he took a break and I took a break and then we come back to it and he has to say, I heard what you said. Mm-hmm. But he, he will either say, I hear what you're saying or he'll come back if we needed a breather before we killed each other and he will say, I heard what you said. And just those simple words, sometimes it can just be a few words to let that person know that they heard what you said and then taking responsibility for whatever their part was in what you said or whatever's going on. It doesn't have to be some huge, you know, thing. Just those few words that he says sometimes, it diffuses any sort of, like, you're not listening to me or we're not communicating properly. Okay, they heard what I said. They're just processing. Well, because we all want to be heard. We all want to be feel like we're understood. We all want to feel like the person that we're talking to cares about our wants and our needs and what we have to say. And 
yeah, your 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 reaction and just letting that person know that you're that you are listening and mm-hmm. that you care. Something so simple, mm-hmm. but actually so profound also because it's so so helpful. You know, and and we're we're talking about like responsibility and communicating and things like that, but there's also taking responsibility just in your life in general and taking responsibility in the responsibilities <laughs> of yes. a family and a life because a lot comes along with that. You know, especially if you have kids, that's another whole load of responsibilities that you have outside of your regular, you know, bills and work and all the regular things that, that you're that you're responsible for as as a as we have to when we're adulting. It's not yeah, fun. You but, can't be yeah. that 20 percenter all the time <laughs> when you have all that, you yeah, know, yeah. like don't be that 20 percenter. You I mean, the goal, obviously, is to share responsibilities equally. Yes. And sometimes I think that you get tit for tat with that other person mm-hmm. or I do this so I don't have to do that. Yeah. The whole point is you're trying to get to the same place, which is both of you being happy, both of you feeling rewarded and taking on, you know, equal responsibility. So that serves no purpose. I mean, it's easy to get in that place, but it serves no purpose except building some sort of competition and and really giving whoever's in that place, giving them the chance to slack off and validate, oh, I do, I do this, so I don't have to do that. You're, you're, you're not trying to win. You're trying to be happy. <laughs> right. And, and like you said, I mean, the whole point is for everybody to be happy and to have a successful, happy life and for everybody to have rest times, to, for everybody to have the times when they work really hard. You know, like you said earlier, you're going to have times when one person picks up more of the slack. And there are different responsibilities within a relationship where one portion may fall heavier on the man in the relationship mm-hmm. or one portion of the responsibilities may fall heavier on, on the, the, the woman in the relationship. I mean, I think that's totally natural, but you also have to make sure that there's not one person in that relationship that's totally overwhelmed and that's trying to pick up too much of the, the slack because then it's going to cause all kinds of problems. And you're, if you're trading off, you know, if one day you're doing this and the next day that's still equality and it's still going to balance out at the end of the day or the week or whatever if you're both trading off you're you're still equal right because you're just saying you just had more to give that day you had more responsibility but hey this day I'm gonna do it because I saw you do it yesterday so it's it's kind of that balance that you know everything's not always going to be 50 50 and you're not always going to be like got this you got that right but shouldering the load and not being that person that's like that's not my job you know? Well, yeah, and again, it, it that goes back to communication. If you're communicating this and telling the person what you need, that's why the communication aspect of it is so important. But I'm I'm going to pick on Steve here for a minute, talking about taking responsibilities. So you know, obviously, we have he's ten months old now, sweetest sweetest little baby ever. Um, I love him, but he has a lot of work, mm-hmm. especially being an older parent and not really being prepared for that situation. It's, it's a lot of work. So I'm the kind of person that if I ask you to do something and whoever asked to do something, if they act like it's too hard or too complicated or they just can't figure it out when it's really not, I get frustrated and I'm like, okay, never mind. I'll just do it. Cause I, I can't, I can't don't deal do with that. that. Make, don't do that. Make them do it anyway. <laughs> don't do it for them. So, so here recently, Steve was, was watching Shepard one day and you know, and he was, I could tell he was frustrated and he acted like he couldn't find the bottles. He couldn't find anything. He was asking me where everything was. Well, then I got frustrated and I'm like, well, they're where they always are. Like, you don't have to ask me. They're where they always are. Mm-hmm. So then <laughs> I can't remember if it was that same day or maybe the next day. There was um, a dove shoot at our friend's house, and I was in, inside with the baby, and I looked out the window, and I watched Steve. He spent a long time on this. I watched him go to our shed, to our barn. I watched him load up everything that he needed. Mm-hmm. He found, he magically found everything <laughs> that he wanted for this shoot, you know, he, he washed his side-by-side. Side. He went to the store to fill his cooler up. I mean, he did everything and prepared mm-hmm. for it and found, 
magically found everything that he you needed were just and wanted. looking out that window like, mm-hmm, I see you. Well, it's because he wanted to do that. It was something he really wanted to do. And we do what we want, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it, it is hard to do the things that you might not. Not that he doesn't want to love and take care of our baby. But right. at the time, it was frustrating. And there was something else, obviously, that was he felt like he needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I looked at that and I thought, that's so funny because... If it's something that you really want to do like that and that you're really focused on. You're going to find the tools you need. Yeah, you just don't, you don't think about it. And so that's, that's another part of taking responsibility. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that. We've, I think we've all been guilty of that at some point. If I want to go have a girl's night, I'm going to make sure that everything is lined up and I've got everything taken care of so that I can do that. But we've all watched our spouse out the window too, being like, (laughs) "Mm -hmm, yeah, I see. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, that's relatable, too, because we've all been there, too. We've probably been the one being watched out the window sometimes. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> but the, the main thing is just, you know, to make sure that you're on a le- level playing field and that, you, that you're there for each other and that you share equally in the responsibilities and that, that you care. Well, and that goes back to the priorities, too. That goes hand in hand with making sure... Yeah, this thing, we might want to go have a girl's day or, you know, he might want to go to that dove shoot. But having all of those things in the right priority, which is, you know, obviously our spouse and our happiness and our home and things like that. I think that goes hand in hand with like we were talking about the priorities and making sure that you're aware and you have that mindset of awareness to keep things balanced in that way. Yeah, it's so easy when, you know, if you're a busy person. And you you're focusing, say you're focusing on several different things. It, it's really easy to lose sight of your priorities because something may be really important to you at the time. Maybe you're trying to finish something on a timeline or, you know, maybe you're having maybe you're having an issue with with a friend or somebody else in your family or, or whatever the case may be. And it's really easy to let that come above your spouse yeah should it be that way no but it happens to all of us Mm -hmm. there's been plenty of times in my life when you know steve should have been my priority but i had other things going on or my mind was consumed with something i had going on and so he failed down the priority list you know and and on the same hand you know steve one thing i i love about him is that he's always so helpful to other people he's always Mm -hmm. there for other people and that's one thing that I love about him but on the other hand it's caused us some issues because most of the time that takes a priority over me and my needs Mm -hmm. and so I'm a very giving person and and I like I said I love that part about him but also I've had to talk to him and say hey I understand that you want to go do this for this person Mm -hmm. or that you you know feel like you need to help this person or whatever the case may be and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, obviously, if it's a dire situation, you, you have to yeah, take a back yeah, seat to that. Yeah. But I've had to, to say to him before, and we've had to talk about this, hey, I understand that you want to do those things, but hey, I'm your wife, mm-hmm. and I expect to be right here. I really need this. I really mm-hmm. need this help. I really need this support. And again, communication, if I don't tell him that, then... yeah. He doesn't know. No. And, and and also, if I tell him that and he's not listening or doesn't want to listen to it, then that's not going to resolve the issue either. That That's why I keep saying communication and listening, but it's so important because it's how you tell each other what you need and what you expect and what you want. Yeah, I have to say out loud to Nevada, I'm not inside your head because, <laughs> you know, I am very verbal. And I mean, I'm a lot. I have big emotions, big feelings. Like, I know that I'm a lot, and he has to deal with that. And he is someone who overthinks. And so I have to deal with his moods from that a lot because he'll stay inside his own head and he'll think a lot. But anyway, we, I I had to, I've had to communicate with him and like just, just say to him before about his moods because sometimes he's just, he's just grumpy, you know, like he just gets grumpy. And, we were, since we're telling on our husbands, now I'm going to tell them. Um, so like with the the um, taking guys trips and stuff, you know, I, I take girls trips and Nevada takes guys 
trips. And, and these may be like week-long trips. A lot of times they are. And we had gone through this stint where he was just grumpy, not moody. He was grouchy. <laughs> and, and it was just like after a while, I was like, oh, my God, he's grouchy all the time. It's driving me nuts. Well, the week before his guy's trip, you're talking about a happy, non-moody, non-grumpy person. <laughs> Funny how that works. Uh-huh. And I, and I get that. You're excited. You have something to look forward to. Sure. I get all that. But I said to him once, I was like, so you can control it. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Ooh. I was like, your moods. Like, you're not, you're not just so, you know, upset about anything that you can't be in a good mood. You can control it. You're just choosing not to. Going back to back to priorities, it's not a priority for you to be in a good mood, you know, when you're around us, but you're you're going to go on this guy trip and suddenly you're in this great mood. So, you know, and I, I had to like say that. I mean, of course, he didn't like it, but I think that it it he was like, oh, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm just being grumpy because I can be when in fact. You know, I have this thing where I'm all happy and good. I'm just not, I'm not showing that to the things in our life or I'm not expressing my happiness about the things we have going on and what we're looking forward to. And it helped when I said that. Right. No, he didn't like it, but it was just how I felt and it was the truth and what I had observed. And sometimes we don't prioritize what our family's getting, I think, what, what part of them, of us that they're getting. And I think that's a huge thing that, you know, other people, like you're talking about Steve doing stuff, they get the best of that, but like helping you, let you have the best of that, or me getting the worst end of his mood when, you know, his friends were going to get the best, the best end and the best mood and trying to think about what am I leaving? What am I leaving over for my home and my spouse? Because you may not realize you're doing it. I don't think it was anything he was intentionally doing, but I mean, I called him out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good though. I mean, that's how we grow in a relationship and that's how we, we make our relationship better, how we better understand each other, how we have less arguments mm -hmm. is getting through and talking about the hard things like that. You know, I've been guilty of that. I, I, I'm, a, you, you know, Nevada and I are a lot of like, mm -hmm. Um, and I and I live in my head sometimes and I'll think about things and analyze things instead of just talking about them or or I'll have something totally unrelated to my relationship or whatever. I'll have something totally unrelated going on in my head that will stress me out that I'll be thinking about. And if I'm not careful, that mood will carry over and I'll be in a bad mood to my kids or my husband and then I feel really bad because I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice. Like somebody will say something and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It's nothing about you. I just, you know, I got a lot going on in my head and didn't realize that I was, you know, they call it RBF. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what that is. Nevada has that too, if, if that's a thing for a guy. But yeah, y'all, y'all, you're inside your head. And the problem is, is that it's easy to take that personally. You know, if you've got that grumpy look on your face and you just seem moody, whatever's going on in your head, I think it's easy to assume that that is about you mm -hmm. because that's the, what part of them that you're getting. Yeah. And to just verbalize that, just the simple thing of saying, hey, this is not about you. I've got this or I've got yeah. that. Then you don't feel like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. they're, yeah. you know, they hate being here or they're moody and and that's kind of what happened with us you know I think he he didn't realize what was going on and and how you know his moods were affecting like me and our household or whatever and so just saying this isn't about you is a, a big thing just yeah. to yeah. let somebody know hey a, I'm a not mad at you <laughs> a lot of times for me it's that there's something with myself that I'm not happy about like I'm stressed out Either I didn't get to work out that day mm -hmm. or I'm tired or, you know, there's something in my life that I'm not doing the way that I want to do. The way, I'm not living up to my own expectations. Yeah. And so a lot of times I will let my own feelings affect how I am to other people. And then, of course, I, one thing I can say is, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> one thing I can say is that... I, I try to correct that. Right. Once I recognize it, I try to correct that and say, 
hey, this has nothing to do with anybody else. This is all on me. And again, that goes back to taking responsibility. You know, I I put on my big girl panties and I take Mm -hmm. responsibility for my own life and say, hey, this is this is about me. This is nobody else's problem. If I'm not living up to my own expectations, maybe I either have my expectations too high for where I am in my life right now, or maybe I'm just not doing all I can do to live up to that. But either way, taking responsibility for it and not letting my own feelings and internalization affect the people around me. Yeah. And and it's good because if you, if you're both looking at yourself, you're both taking responsibility, then you don't have as much time either to worry about the other person taking responsibility or over explaining something again and again, because if you're taking responsibility and that person's taking responsibility, then you you're you resolve it you're not going in that monotonous circle where you're just never coming to the resolve you're you're working it out because you're saying this is my part in that this is my part in that and then you're going to find how to get through that and resolve it because it's not that blame game right you know, and all of this falls up under mindset, obviously, this whole series that we're talking mm-hmm. about is mindset. And sometimes it's good just to take a few minutes to get by yourself and to do a little prayer or meditation, whatever, whatever it is that's going on in your life, just to get by yourself, take a minute to breathe and reevaluate, refocus and figure out if you're where you need to be, if you're doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. What do I really want out of my relationship? What what can I do as a person to make it better? What can I do to make that person feel more loved, to feel more encouraged? What can I do, you know, you and I were talking about this the other day. What can I do to help? Right. What can I do to help? Those simple words. Those simple little mm-hmm. words and phrases and questions that you can ask that mean so much to the other person. What can I do to help? I'm listening. I hear you. And sometimes even if you don't want them to help, just hearing that or saying that to someone, if you're the one saying it, that's maybe all they needed is just to know that you were there and you wanted to help. And just, just simple things. It doesn't have to be something huge. And getting by yourself and evaluating does help you become more aware, especially when all the emotions have died down and you really evaluate, okay, where am I at? You know, it helps you take responsibility. It helps you just step away and look at everything from kind of a different perspective. Yeah, and really refocus on what's important because I think we can get caught up into little things sometimes that really don't matter that much in the overall scheme of thing. things. And, and backing up for a minute and just remembering what's important And also evaluating the things that are really important to you that you're willing to compromise on or not willing to compromise on. You know, there are certain things that one person may feel strongly about and the other person doesn't necessarily agree, but you have to decide if that's something that you're willing to kind of go with the flow on or if it's something Mm -hmm. super important that you think you're going to have to work on longer and work out. You know, and and you were saying, we were talking about like the simple phrases and the simple questions that you ask each other. And sometimes the other person may not even need your help. But also being in a place that your actions match your words. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I say words are cheap. I can look at you all day, Beth, and say, I love you. I'm here if you need anything. But if I talk down to you or if I'm disrespectful to you or if you need me for something and I'm not there, then my actions are not backing up my words. So words without actions it's don't lip really service. mean it. They call yeah. that lip service yeah. and so, that's useless. Yeah, you have to you have to make sure that you're in a place to back up your words. If you're not willing to back them up, then don't say it, you know. That's what (laughs) makes words cheap is because you don't put action. Like if someone hurts you or does something on a repeated cycle and then they say, I'm sorry. What makes I'm sorry very cheap to you is them doing it again. Then you you despise hearing I'm sorry because you're like, that means nothing. You took the value away from that word or those words because 
now they're cheap because they don't mean anything. And then that that breed, breeds like mistrust and all of that. Well, I can't trust what you say because you're never going to actually have the actions behind your words. And that's something we all have to think about is, okay, so I've realized all of this. What action am I going to take? You can't just sit back and analyze it all. Mm-hmm. There's action and there's steps. And it's hard. It's hard to have that mind control and the control of your emotions and it's hard to stay open-minded it's hard to keep your priorities straight but the payoff is is worth it if you can manage all of that the payoff is worth it because you can avoid a lot of pitfalls if you really think about the actions that you're taking following through with those actions and really concentrate on your own mindset because unfortunately we can't manage other people's emotions. We can't manage their mindset. We can talk about it. We can express our needs. We can communicate. We can work on ourselves. That's something that I have to struggle with because I want to be an emotion manager. You know, I want to be like, I want people to feel like I feel. And that's that's where, like with Nevada and me, I have to sit back sometimes and say, he's not as expressive as me. And what I like to do sometimes is... Instead of concentrating on, you know, the things where we may not match up and it may be difficult, sometimes in that quiet space, just be grateful. Let's think about all of the things that we're grateful for that person for and just get away from the, they don't do this Mm -hmm. or I don't like this or this is a struggle for us. Think about all of the things they're doing right and start at that place, and then you can visit all the places where you struggle. But I always feel like that's a good place to start because it just puts you back in that mindset of, we're on the same team. I do love this person. I do admire things about them. I heard something the other day that I loved. I never heard it before. And it said, this is a good way to decide if you like the person that you're with and if it's a person that you want to stay with. They said, if somebody looked at you and said, you act so much like your companion or you're being so much like your companion, would that be a compliment? And that was so simple, but I was like, oh, well, wow, that's, that's really good. That puts a, a totally different perspective And you can think it. about it from the other perspective. If someone told Nevada, you're acting just like Beth right now, or you remind me of Beth, would that be a compliment to my partner? Yeah. Or would it not? Yeah. But I liked that. I heard that. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never heard that before. But that's a really good way to put it and realize if you're, if you even like that person. Well, it's a good way to check yourself, too. Very true. And say, am I the kind of person that other people would be honored to be like? Or am I the kind of person that they Wouldn't would be like? be like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good way to, again, do some self-examination and that's something that I think everybody should really do anyway, is just take the time to examine yourself and to examine what's going on with you. How do you feel? You know, how's your mental health? How's your physical health? Mm-hmm. Like, cause there are all kinds of different things that play into people's moods and their, their mindsets and, and how they treat others, how they react. And you know, there are, there are seasons in your relationship, just, just like there are this, the seasons, you know, in, in the earth or, whatever they're called weather weather (laughs) thank you Beth the weather yeah so um you know there are seasons and and there there are sometimes when things are difficult you may be going through like a really hard spot you may be having some financial troubles Mm -hmm. you know you may have a brand new baby Mm -hmm. you may have um you know teenagers that are driving you crazy you may be having trouble at work you may be in a situation where you don't like your boss you know there could be all kinds of things but it's important to remember that it, that that everything is a season and it's not i tell myself sometimes when things are hard or when i'm you know when i'm going through a, a, a something emotionally draining or you know or something great something really good that's going on in my life i remind myself that this is just a season so if it's something really good soak it in and try to suck every bit of happiness out of it that you can because it's not going to be like this forever and on the same hand if it's something really hard that I'm going through I also try to remind myself this is also a season and this too shall pass 
So try to handle this in the best way that you can now because you'll, you'll get through it eventually. Yeah, and problems are an opportunity for growth. While you're in that season, you know, I love to say, what can I learn from this? Because I find in my life the hard lessons and the things that I've gone through that are hard and the hard seasons, those lessons are what have taught me in the future. They're they're my awareness. Mm -hmm. They're my thrive to get through something or my drive to get through something. Those lessons in the future become something very valuable to me. And in those hard seasons, to ask yourself, what am I learning from this and how can I grow from this? Because sometimes seasons do feel like you're never going to get out of winter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to make sure that while you're in those seasons, you are doing some reflection and realizing that you're going to grow from this and you're going to use these tools and this growth to help you in the future so that this another season may not seem so long. That that feels always more positive to me if I feel like it's a really long season that I'm mm-hmm. never going to get out of, that I can see that I'm still drawing something positive from and, and something useful and something I'm learning and growing from. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. You know, I can look back in my life and some of the worst times that I thought at the time were were terrible and that I wasn't going to get through. I look back now and see how they made me such a better, stronger person and how they taught me so many things. You know, a prime example is failed relationships. There's nothing that will teach you how to have a better relationship and how to pick a better partner than having a failed relationship and having something that didn't work out and being with someone that wasn't right for you. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you grow th- go through and grow through mm-hmm. that help you become a better person and have a better relationship and choose people that are better suited for you. Yeah, and you wouldn't, you know, going through all of that hard stuff, if you did not concentrate on mindset, you might not learn anything from that because right. that's where the mindset comes into it is you have to be willing to grow and to reflect on those things and look back at those things as something you learned from and and grew from because that's a choice as well. You know, you can go through bad times and be like, I regret that. I hate that. And I can't find gratitude. You know, a lot of times you can't find gratitude in those spaces. But even with like failed relationships, I don't. I don't regret those failed relationships. Not only have they taught me so much, I don't regret giving my love to the wrong people because honestly, sometimes those are the people that need it most. So mm-hmm. why would I regret that? I'm grateful for that, that right. I could share love with someone who probably needs it more than maybe the person that I'm going to fall in love with eventually. Mm-hmm. So having that mindset of wanting to grow, wanting to learn the lessons too, I think is very important. Well, yeah, I mean, that is what your mindset is. That's that's what your whole perspective is. And having that perspective just, you know, goes back to, like I said in the beginning of, of staying positive. You know, you can you can look at any situation, especially in a relationship. You can look at any situation and you can either look at it in a positive way. Like you said, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Or you can put a negative spin on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I could look at you and say, Hey, Beth, I've lost 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And you could say, that's awesome. 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Way to go. Or you could say, yeah, but you still have 10 more to lose. Yeah, I I would suck. See how much Mm -hmm. different that makes it? I mean, you can take anything like that. and, And when you're conscious of your words and your thoughts and it's something that you you practice if you're not naturally a more positive minded person where you try to look at look at things in more of a positive mind frame as in what can I learn how can I grow what what can I take from this that is good even though it may be a negative situation you know you have to practice that it's not something that just comes natural to a lot of people but I promise you if you work on it it really will revolutionize your life because you don't give power to to the negative things at that point. You just don't and and I'm sure you've you've been here and done this before. Have you ever just gotten up and you're maybe you didn't sleep good, 
you're tired, mm-hmm. maybe you're, if something's bothering you, you know, and you have one negative thought and you let that just keep going. You don't get control of it. You don't check yourself. You're like, oh, I knew I didn't sleep good last night. I knew it was going to be like this. You know, I- I'm probably going to have a bad day at work too. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, like your mind will just spiral out of control. And it's easy to do that in a relationship too. You can, one bad thing happens. And before you know it, you're thinking about everything you can't stand about that person. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the positive, you mentioned this earlier, looking at the good things about that person, yes. focusing on them. And then, you know, you can come back later and and talk about the other things and try to work on those. But yeah, just, just being positive is makes your mindset a whole lot better. It does. And do you ever feel like you, you want to be grateful and positive about the things you want to be grateful and positive about? Like with that other person, you can't be grateful for this because you want to be grateful for this. You really want them to do this thing. So you want that to be the positive thing. And that's not how it works either. <laughs> it's not, real. you know, like I talked about like Nevada is fluent in silence. And so <laughs> a lot of times I have to I work like around that. that. It's funny. not going to change. It's not going to, he's not going to all of a sudden, you know, just change in that area. He's going to get better and he has gotten better, but doing things like, you know, Nevada always brings me flowers mm-hmm. and me trying to concentrate on Whereas maybe he didn't verbalize, I'm thinking about you or you were a priority today. I look at those things and I'm grateful for those because I realize that may be his way of showing me that he's grateful for me. And he Mm -hmm. thought about me in a busy day or he wanted to see me smile. He wanted me to be happy and concentrating on not just the things that we want to be grateful for because we might not be getting all of those things at that time. And chances are they're not getting it from us all the time either, but just thinking about the things that they are doing and that maybe they're doing more than you think they're doing. Because if you would just concentrate on that effort or that little thing that bringing you flowers or, you know, saying those few little words, like I heard you, that may be their way of, of trying to give you what you want and what you need and concentrating on those things can make you aware of that sometimes well you know I think you know you know I think it's so sweet that he brings you flowers all the time I think that's a really sweet gesture and like you said you may want him to talk a little bit more but that's his language so to speak and you know that's another thing that I think love languages Mm -hmm. if we could if, if if we would take the time to learn each other's love languages it makes a huge difference because you know I don't love like Steve does he Mm -hmm. doesn't love like me the way I the way I want to be loved is not necessarily the way that he wants to be loved we have different things that make us feel loved and appreciated and it's again a really simple thing to do but if you've never done it I encourage our listeners to go take the little test, your five love languages, and have your spouse do it as well. Because if you've never done it, you'll probably learn a lot about them. You you may even say, "I I didn't know that's I didn't know that was so important to you." I, well, I didn't realize. It, yeah, and and we try to love people the way that we want to be loved, mm-hmm. and that just is not how it works. I mean, sometimes great if all your love languages are the same, like more power to you, but. Like for Nevada, he he gives me those flowers, but I like gifts. Like one of my love, it's not my top. My top one is words of affirmation, but he gives me flowers because he knows that that makes me smile and it makes me feel like he thought of me. Mm-hmm. And that's one of, um, I think it's it's up there. <laughs> it's one of my <laughs> love languages. I like to give gifts and I like to get gifts. You're a good gift and giver. Thank you. But like, I, I really, I feel like that that is part of my love language so it's something that does I mean sometimes I am like I'd rather you talk to me but I I, I like that and he he knows that he knows that's something that I've always liked is, is when he gets me a little gift or when he another thing he does is he we love like stupid t-shirts we'll buy each other like little cool t-shirts <laughs> sometimes too but then like stupid ones like stepbrother ones or whatever yeah and he'll just bring me a t-shirt home or something like that so he may not be nailing the words of affirmation all the time, but he's trying on that other, you know, aspect of that. And sometimes, 
somebody might be bringing somebody gifts when their love language is physical touch. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as re- it's not recognized in that way of, oh, you're showing me love because that person doesn't care about gifts. Yeah. You know? Very true. You know, and ab- above all, I-, I think one of the most important things above everything that we're, that we're talking about because everything else sort of falls up under this, that is just respect. Mm-hmm. Just, just simple respect. You know, thinking a lot of times, wait a minute, would I, would I treat, would I treat my friend like this? Mm-hmm. Am I treating my partner as good as I would treat my friend or my family member or my boss or whomever mm-hmm. or, or just a stranger on the street? Like, am I treating my partner with respect? Because respect goes a long way. And that's something that we should just, we, we should give. If we want it, we should also give it to other people. It's, it's huge. And if you respect somebody, you're going to treat them the right kind of way. Respect covers so much. It, it really does. It really does. Another thing is, would you be ashamed if someone walked into the room in the middle of you, you treating your partner a certain way? Mm-hmm. Would you need to make excuses or would you be proud that they had a, you know, a view into your relationship? That's another really good way to put things in, res- in perspective when it comes to respect because you can, oh, I'm not being disrespectful. But what if one of those friends that you do treat with respect or one of those people on the in, on the outside were standing at your door and you didn't know it? Mm-hmm. That's How would great. you feel about how you were talking? I, I, hey, I've had to check myself before in that way. That like somebody would think I'm a, you know what, if they... <sighs> heard me talk like this and I wouldn't like to be talked to this right. way and how am I treating this person is this how I would like to be treated and sometimes when you think of those little scenarios you know I've, I got a feeling I'm not the only one that might be ashamed sometimes and that's a good way to keep yourself in check especially when it comes to respect is okay <laughs> what would I feel like if maybe there wasn't just one person, there was a whole audience sitting there watching and would I need to make excuses for what I just said or yeah. did or how I behaved? I can tell you there have definitely been times in my life I would not have liked people to be listening in because I would have been embarrassed at my behavior. And that's a great thing to remember because, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about it right be, now. Be that's, person, me too. Mm-hmm. I kind of lost my train of thought because yeah. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. But, you know, respect, again, covers that. And if you respect a person, you're not going to talk to them a certain way. And, again, this is where your emotions come in. You have to keep those under wrap. But also, not only are you respecting your spouse in the home and in the relationship, are you respecting them outside of that when they're not around? You know, are you talking bad about them when they're not mm-hmm. around and they can't hear you? Are you complaining about them? Mm-hmm. Are you... You know, whatever the case may be, are you respecting them when you're not with them? Are you trying to put them in a bad light or are you talking good? Are you respecting them and building them up to other people? Are you focusing on the good things that they do and not the bad things? You know, respect is such a huge, again, it's kind of a simple thing, but it's so huge in how you treat people. And I I love the thing of, you know, again, like, am I going to... Do I treat you better than I treat my spouse? Do I talk to you better than I treat my spouse? Mm-hmm. It's such a simple thing, again, but such a good way to check ourselves and remind ourselves that, hey, this is this is the person that I that I need to not only treat with respect but love and compassion and understanding and whatever else is good. <laughs> yeah, and and believe it or not, the. If you're that person, I mean, we all vent. Come on. I mean, we all vent and that's fine. You know, it's usually to your closest person and and you're just, you know, we all vent and and I know that that's a normal thing, but there's a difference in venting and constantly saying negative things and perpetuating just that, that negative talk about your partner. And honestly, if you're the person who does that, it is making you look way worse than it's making your partner look. For me, anyway, if someone does that all the time, I'm I'm probably going to way more quickly think negatively about that person that's doing that than the person they're talking about. I'm probably going to feel bad for the person that they're talking about, first of all, because they're 
someone's bad mouthing them this way. And secondly, I feel like, I mean, I would have the question, why are you with them? You know, what's wrong with you? Why why are you with someone if you feel that negatively about them? So you got to think about that too. If, if, if you're just going out saying bad things all the time and being negative, I mean, then why are you there? (laughs) You know, you must not like the person too much. Yeah. And how's that making you look? Well, and that also, you know, all of these things that we're talking about, obviously, are if you're in a relationship with someone that you want to be in a relationship with, that you love and you want to make it work and that you believe you're meant to be together and you know, you, you're willing to do the hard things and work through the hard things so that you can be with this person and build a life and build a family with them and have a future together, grow old together. But let's face it, I've been divorced. You've been divorced. been divorced. Um, it doesn't always work. Sometimes people are either just incom- in- incompatible and they're just not right for each other. They have totally different viewpoints and they're headed in a totally different direction in life and their paths just do not intersect the way that they Mm -hmm. should or either sometimes people are just a jerk I mean (laughs) I'm just saying some people are a jerk (laughs) sometimes people are just not you know you're gonna have a person maybe that just doesn't care about self-growth they Mm -hmm. are the way that they are they have no intentions of changing or being better or or they're just a jerk. Yeah. You know, that's that's just all I'll say about that. And, you know, if that's the case, if you find yourself with somebody that is not willing to do any of these things and you just feel, you just feel miserable and unhappy and no matter how hard you try, they're not trying and they're not doing their part. Take it from me. Just, just don't waste your time. I mean, I've been divorced, but I've also been in other relationships that, that failed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't put yourself in that situation there are there are plenty of people out there are plenty of people in this world and plenty of people who will respect you and will work on a relationship and treat you the way that you need to be treated so obviously if you're in a relationship and you love that person and you're both working on it that's wonderful I think you should do everything you can but sometimes sometimes it just doesn't work that's true and you have to know when you're to that point too And you have to also still mindset in that situation, asking yourself, am I fulfilled or just less lonely? You know, like those things, you know, am I, do I, am I, do I get to be who I am unapologetically with this person or do I always feel like I have to be something else? Like with Nevada, because I have been divorced, one of the things that I love about our relationship, Nevada loves the parts of me that are not easy to love. And I hope, I mean, I try to do the same with him is, is for me, that's a really big thing because it's so easy to love all the great stuff, Sure, you know, like I can love when he brings me flowers and, you know, love all those things, but I have to love him when he's moody too. And I have to love him about in all the hard stuff and all the worst things I know, um, like Joe Black, the line that always, um, stood out meet joe black we love we watched oh that gosh. movie together not too long ago the best movie ever it's such a good it's such a well-written movie but plus it has brad pitt in it that is true i was going to make that Hopkins. point but you made it yeah there's they're both wonderful actors and one is very very <laughs> handsome but anyway he meet joe black brad pitt's character not meet joe black joe black is his name right he asked Quince, sweet Quince in the movie, remember? Yes. He says, he's trying to understand love, and he says something to the effect of, how do you know she loves you? His wife, Quince's wife, Allison, he says, how do you know that she loves you? And Quince just very easily says, she knows the worst thing about me, and it's okay. And that was a really big statement to me, because that's how I feel about Nevada, where I didn't in past relationships, he loves the parts of me that aren't easy to love. And I have plenty of things that aren't easy to love (laughs) about me. And I think those kinds of questions, asking yourself when you you're trying to evaluate if this is a relationship worth staying in. I mean, that's, that's a question I should have asked myself a lot earlier, honestly, in my previous relationship. 
And it's one of the things I value going back to the lessons we learn. I value that very much because in previous relationships, I just felt unlovable. And I don't have to feel that way with him because, yeah, he loves all the good stuff. But, you know, my big emotions, my everything, you know, it. If I'm too much, fun less. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, but you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I have to be less or hide those parts because of that. And if you get to that point where you say, no, I'm not, I feel unlovable because yeah. I'm not perfect. Yeah. Then, you know, unfortunately, it may be time to, or maybe not unfortunately, maybe it's your. <laughs> You're going to leave and you're going to find something really good. I'm sorry, I keep getting way too close to the mic and it's probably really loud. That's okay. When I edit it, I'll turn your voice down. (laughs) Thanks. No, that, that, that is so true what you said. You know, if you really love somebody, you love all the parts of them, even the ones that are not so pretty. And if you feel like you're trying, if you're always trying to work for somebody's love, You should never feel like you're trying to work for the love of your spouse or your companion. Mm -mm. You should feel loved even at your worst. You know they're going to be there and they're going to have your back and they're going to support you. And if you don't feel that way and you can't work through it and communicate with them what you need and you don't feel that love and support, by all means, sayonara. Mm Mm-hmm. Just get out of there. I feel like we could because do a respect. whole other podcast on on this. <laughs> we need to. Yeah, this could but be. But speaking a of respect, you have to yes. respect yourself. One hundred. And that comes down to respecting yourself and what you deserve. <laughs>